Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. So, today I want to talk about, I don't know if it's up there on the screen or not, I don't think it is yet, but uh, the healing of the wounds of the heart. Because the wounds of the heart can limit our ability to receive love and acceptance from God and from others. And many of us struggle with um, identity, with self-esteem, personal value. And many of us struggle to step out towards greatness. And in fact, many addictions are rooted in a heart wound. And over the last year or two, I've spoken a father's blessing over maybe 6,000 people, mostly en masse as in promise keepers and churches and men's ministries and women's ministries, but a lot, in, many times individually as well. And this blessing has made an enormous impact on people receiving the blessing, but on me too. And it's this experience that's prompted me to talk about the wounds of the heart. And I'm going to share with you um, some feedback you see, the reason I'm doing this is because, I, because of what happens when I pray the Father's blessing. Um, at Promise Keepers, for example, I've had so much feedback. You know, I remember one big burly man coming up to me and saying, uh, I've got a bone to pick with you. Yeah, yeah, what's that? You made me cry. <laughs> and it turns out that I had made him cry, well more precisely the ministry of the Holy Spirit had made him cry. And the last time at Promise Keepers, all the, all, the, all the teenagers, they all came up the front, there would have been 40 or 50 of them, and we got their fathers to come up and stand in front of them. And I had a shortened version of the Father's blessing behind me on the screen, and the fathers prayed it over their sons, and they, they wept. It was just a, such a beautiful thing. I remember a big rebellious tough boy. As I blessed him, he dissolved in tears and there was a big father's hug. I remember a mature, beautiful, inside and out, Holy Spirit filled woman. I really admired this lady. She even spoke about the father's blessing. Sorry, she spoke about the father's love. And she was being ministered to one day. She had some heaviness um, here. And I said to her, has your father ever laid hands on you and blessed you? And she said, no. She said, I'm sure he loved me. But I said, has he ever laid hands on you and blessed you? And she said, no. You know, the moment I I did that, the moment I stood in her father's shoes and did that, she cried and cried. And this is about five minutes, five minutes of crying. And in the end, I looked down on the carpet and there was this big wet patch of tears and so it goes on. I, I ministered to a woman with cancer the other day, and on an impulse I said to her, has your father ever laid hands on you and blessed you? And she said, no, can I do that? Yes, she said. And at the very end of it, she said to me, you don't know how much that's touched me, but she said, my father never said that he loved me. 
and I could tell this story over and over again, but I've actually got some written testimonies here, and I'd just like to share some. Look, I've got pages of them, okay? I'm just going to share a few of them. This is a, a, a businessman, a very successful businessman, a very, very smart cookie, and um, in his early 30s. He'd been battling depression. Here, well, I'll just read it out. He'd, it had been a long and difficult journey navigating my way through depression, a battle fought on many fronts, mind, spirit, body. Healing my past ended up being key, and nothing was a more significant step forward than forgiving my father. Not only for the hurtful things he'd done in the past, but more so for the things he hadn't done, for his omissions. My father never told me he loved me. He had an emotional block. He couldn't find loving, caring, emotional words to say, despite a craving in my soul to hear them. Whilst through the forgiveness and inner healing journey, my depression lifted, I still carried some physical symptoms, the biggest being irritable bowel syndrome. I had been prescribed drugs and a diet from my doctor with some but little effect which I was told were to manage the symptoms as opposed to providing a remedy. A friend of mine, Richard, that's me, had been telling me stories about the Father's blessing and what responses people had. Something in my spirit caught hold of the idea. And so it happened. One morning in a cafe, you can't beat a cafe, guys. One morning in a cafe over breakfast, Richard stepped into the shoes my father couldn't fill and blessed me as a son. The Holy Spirit fell on me and remained with me that entire day. It was a beautiful experience and that part of my soul which had been crying out was at peace. An unexpected outcome, however, was that my symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome stopped completely. My medication and the doctor's diet were thrown out. When my soul received what it had been craving, my body was healed too. See, this is so interesting because we, we seek physical healing all the time, but God's order is different. He wants to start on the inside and work his way through to the outside. And um, here's a lady uh, called Sharon. Hi, I was given your little booklet. Interesting that something so small can pack such a punch. I read the Father's blessing. I cried and cried. I took it for myself from God, and so on. I won't, I won't read all of it. A senior official in Fiji. Actually, I blessed, I did the Father's blessing over all the policemen in Fiji. <laughs> Not in Fiji, in Lombasa, which is a, a, one of the islands that was sitting up the top. And they're all sitting here like this. And I did the Father's blessing. Actually, I cried, my, I cried. I, I couldn't stop it. The, um, the love of God for those men and women was just so, 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 so strong. But the, the boss, the senior one, he said to me, he wrote to me, he said, thank you so much for all the blessings. I was brought up an orphan with a single parent, my mother. I did not have the love of a father. You've been a blessing to me. And so on. Awesome last evening. I had the amazing privilege of pronouncing a father's blessing over the two young solo mums who live with us. Greatly touched the heart of one of them. What a joy to bless these girls. I'm going to read, I'm going to read two more. I just can't help it. <laughs> oh, um, 
Hi Richard, just wanted to make a, com a moment to send you a testimony of a friend of mine who you prayed for. My friend had deep-seated father issues due to the way he had treated her as a child to the extent that she was completely fearful of men and would always withdraw when men were around her. If there was a conflict situation where voices were raised, she would become very fearful and sought to avoid those situations and would leave as soon as it was possible. You prayed the Father's blessing at the end of the meeting and afterwards she went up for prayer. You then prayed individually for her and God turned up in such a powerful way that all her fear went and she has become a totally different person. She has never felt such liberty in her life. Her countenance has completely changed and there is a lightness in her appearance that there was not there before. And the last one I'll read was, um, I was, in a, I was at, a, at a conference in Napier um, and the ushers uh, decided who would sit where. So I had this um, Chinese uh, girl, lady really, not a girl, sit next to me and uh, I asked her um, what she did, which is a good question. She told me, I thought, if I do that, she'll ask me what I do, which she did. And I said, I'm an author. And I gave her one of my little books. I do change what I say, depending on the circumstances. <laughs> but, and, um, and, I, and, I, and she read, as she was flicking through the book, she fell on the bit about the Father's blessing. This is a complete stranger. And she turns to me and she said, she said would you bless me? And I said, has your father done that? And she said, no. Would you let me do it? And of course I did. And again, she cried and cried and cried and cried all the way through to the end. Gave me a hug. And then two weeks later, I get this email. I am the Chinese girl who sat next to you <laughs> at the conference and you blessed me as a spiritual father. I want to thank you. I'm just doing this a bit short. I want to thank you. Before the conference, I prayed for three things. One of them was to let my father say sorry to me, as he did very bad things to me, which is not what a father should do to a daughter. There's a lot of that, unfortunately, as I found out. And God is so amazing, he lets you sit next to me and say sorry to me on behalf of my father. That's why I cried so much. Because I just felt... God is so real and he answered my prayers in such an amazing way. I'm really quite touched reading that. <laughs> but you know, when, when James asked me to share something, that was in my heart and it still is in my heart because, by the way, I would hate anyone to think that's got anything to do with me. Can we just give Jesus a clap, please? Because... I mean, Jesus is honestly just so amazing, isn't he? And, and uh, his desire. In fact, when I, when I think about this, I say to myself, well, what are the lessons? We should be a student of miracles. What are the lessons in this? And I think one of the first things is that all of those people were spirit-filled Christians. And they all had these wounds of the heart. You know, we, we live in a broken world with broken people who don't know how to love each other properly. And so I just want to make the point. You might be sitting there thinking, what's this got to do with me? Um, in fact, some of them would sing in the choir. And um, so they were spirit-filled, tongue-speaking Christians 
but they still had wounds of the heart and the Holy Spirit got hold of them and, and, and broke something off them. And uh, so that was, the, that was a big lesson to me. And I think the other lesson in it is it's just the wonder of the healing power of Jesus and um, the tenderness, the, 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 the intimacy, the personal nature of how he knows us inside out and how he is longing and available to heal. And I suppose that if there was a third thing, it would be the effect that it's actually had on me. Because I often end up crying as well. Because I feel, I'm even feeling it now. Is <laughs> the love and the power. And I get healed too. I'm still being healed. I haven't arrived. <laughs> You know, and um, it's an ongoing thing, but it is just so beautiful. So I wanted to share about healing of the wounds of the heart. You see, one of the things that it's done for me is that it's changed, it's even changed how I see God. Um, and it's changed my relationship with God. So what is a wound of the heart? It's the pain that comes when people hurt us. Particularly the people who should have loved us, but they didn't. And many people carry a broken heart, but they don't know it. And where do they come from? Well, they can actually start in the womb. You know, an unborn infant can hear, I guess, and they know if there's arguments going on about, oh gosh, we another mouth to feed, well, you know, rejection can actually start in the womb. The father, the mother, infancy, at school, uh, even our friends, a marriage, within marriages, particularly broken marriages, at work, in the church, we get hurt. People, people say things to us that wound us. But I want to focus on the father wound because I can't do everything in one session, but... It's the father wound, mainly, that I want to focus on. Because we live in an age where the father's presence has been absent, either physically or emotionally. And when I was in Kenya recently, a prophet actually spoke over me, and he said, you will speak to a fatherless generation. And I never thought, of, never thought about it like that before. But I think, that, I, think, I think it's absolutely true. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the father wound or, or fatherlessness is perhaps the greatest plague on the planet and is responsible for so many things. And so God's plan for dads, that fathers are meant to provide some very special blessings to the household. And one of them is loving leadership. I mean, the wife and children flourish in a home where God demonstrates the nature of God and his love in everyday life. Acceptance and approval. You know, you're a good son. You're a good son. Or um, my princess, I love you, my princess. This kind of thing. To speak over the sons and the daughters like that. And uh, even Jesus needed to hear that at his baptism this is my boy this is my beloved son 
I'm proud of him. You know, Jesus needed to hear that. If Jesus needed to hear that, I believe we need to hear that. And I, I never heard it. Maybe that's the reason I'm here, is because I, I miss that. And actually, I said to my father one day at Pawanui after we'd had a few too many wines, I said, you never told me that you loved me. And he said, you should have known. <laughs> it's not the same thing, is it? It's not the same thing. And uh, of course, a, a father should provide covering, protection, and uh, an identity. It's the father's job to show you who you are. But the majority of people on the planet have not experienced that. And most of you, I suspect, won't have either. What has really surprised me is so many people who've actually said, I never heard my father say, I love you. And nor did we receive the approval and the covering and the identity that we were designed to. And this affects how we relate to Father God. And that's, that really is, where, is, is, the, crux, is the, the, crux, the crux of this thing. Because how we relate to our earthly father has a major impact on how we view our relationship with our heavenly father. But you know, Malachi 4.6, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. This is coming true now. And the major father flaws that cause wounds and make us open to a spirit of rejection, I'll just pick on two of them, his harshness or angry presence in the house, like yelling, criticism, abuse, performance, pressure, this kind of thing. And that creates wounds like um, we never felt loved or accepted. We feared him. I actually began to, I actually, you know, I remember one day I, um, my father was mowing the lawns and I, I desperately wanted him to chase me. I thought I was faster than him, you know. I was probably seven, eight, nine, I can't remember, seven, eight, nine years old and I thought I was faster. And I challenged him to a race. But he wouldn't do it. He kept on mowing the lawn. And in the end, I pulled faces at him to try and make him chase me, you know. Well, he did end up chasing me. He was much faster than I thought he was. <laughs> and I got a terrible hiding. And um, I've never forgotten it, you know, because all I really wanted to do was to wrestle with him in the grass and test my strength against him, you know. But it was a wound. It really hurt. And uh, I remember another occasion... Um, probably as a young teenager walking through the rivers of Hawke's Bay and finally got my first trout. I was the man. That was the moment I got my first trout. You know. and my, and my, it was the moment that my father missed because instead of saying, you know, high-fiving and so on, he said, well, thank goodness that's out of the way. Now I can get on and, and um, I'll give you all the best water that you know, I can get on. And, you know. And I just felt I was a nuisance. You know, that was the pain, that was the wound. Um, and, and look, there's lots of stories, and I know you can all tell your stories as well, but... Um, and the other, the other thing that can cause wounds and make us, and open us up to a spirit of rejection is his silence and passivity. You know, in my generation, fathers were hard workers, but they were physically or emotionally absent. There aren't many of us who've got a memory of just sitting with their dad and hearing him speak empowering words over them. 
I only remember him working hard and falling asleep on the couch. And when a father does not speak love, identity and validation in the home, it leaves a wide open vacuum for the enemy to come in and speak a swarm of lies. For example, he doesn't notice you, you're not loved, you're nobody, you have no value, you're a disappointment to him, you don't have what it takes, you won't amount to anything. And that can, that can in turn lead you to believe that Father God is disinterested. That he just stands by and allows anything to happen to you. That he's not actively involved in your life. That he's not present when you... That he's too busy. <laughs> that he's too busy or doesn't really care. Although the father wound is my main focus, I think it's worth just saying something briefly about the mother wound as well. Because while the father brings the strength of telling you who you are, and approval and covering and identity, the mother brings nurturance. The father's got nurturance as well, but the mother is particularly uh, endowed with nurturance that comforts us and teaches how to deal with the pain in life. For example, when you were young, when you were a kid and you ran and scraped your knee, you'd run to mum. You would, probably wouldn't run to dad, you'd run to mum. Um, or if you've had a, a really hard time of one, one way or another, you, you tend to go to mum because she's designed to tell you that everything's going to be all right. Um, but those who've had mums who were manipulative, cold, overly strict, will often experience emotional instability. And in fact, I read somewhere that you could even end up with bipolar disorder. And addictions can become a way to cope. The mouth actually becomes a focal point for nurturance, so you can end up smoking cigarettes, uh, overeating, um, and all that kind of thing. Coming out of a lack of nurture in a person's life. You know, I remember my sister, when she was very young, she made some kind of gift for our mother's birthday. I don't remember what it was, but some arty, crafty thing that she made. And my mother, I wasn't there, but my mother mocked it, made fun of it. And, um, and today, my sister, she says, Oh, June, you've done it again. You silly girl. You've screwed up again. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's still there. That wound has not been healed, you see. She's not a Christian, by the way, but I'm just saying. And um, I remember my mother, when I had my study and my bookshelf, I want to arrange my books by subject, but she wanted to arrange them by height. Can you believe it? <laughs> that's, how, that's how controlling, you know, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Look, I just give these examples because they might trigger things in your own life that have happened to you, so you know what I'm talking about. So here you are, you see, we were born with this need to be loved, accepted, and validated with the ultimate goal of being filled with God's love. Now, when it doesn't happen, there's this hole, this void, and we become vulnerable to a spirit of rejection. You know, we do have an enemy. I think you all know that. So we have Satan and his demons, and they are ruthless. They, come, they, have, they are without pity. They come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And into that void, into that pain, will sneak a spirit of rejection that will whisper lies to you. Like the kind of things I've just been talking about. Or it can be a spirit of abandonment, or a spirit of abuse, or a spirit of, you know, um, 
I don't have what it takes. The spirit of worthlessness will sneak in. And what happens is it will, it will just... See, the whole aim of Satan in this thing, over this battle for the heart, is to keep you locked into your pain. To keep you, to keep you tied into your pain. And because he wants to separate you from the love of God. Because if he's got you separated from the love of God, then you're basically impotent. He's basically suppressed your, your amazing potential in Christ. And that's why it's so important to get these wounds healed. I've just got a list here of some of the, of some of the um, I think I've got time for this, some of the, I'm going to finish, finish my session at 11.30, I hope that's okay. Um, but some of the wounds, were, I'm just going to rattle these off. Rejection, abandonment, betrayal, fear, fear, fear of rejection, humiliation, shame, abuse, neglect, absence, worthlessness, disappointment, failure, and so on. And there are corresponding demons who reinforce wounds, who tempt us with alternatives to God's love. You see, we can seek acceptance in the wrong places. For example, I could seek acceptance in a gang. That would be a way of belonging. Or I could seek acceptance by drinking beer, because all my mates are drinking beer. Or I can smoke cigarettes, because everyone else is smoking cigarettes. So we look for acceptance or belonging in the wrong place, and we seek intimacy in the wrong way. People who are trapped in pornography, really, the way that they probably got started was seeking intimacy in the wrong way. And if you have been abused, you might say, for example, I'll never trust another man. And you make these vows, and they, and they get you into trouble. The other trap in all this here is that we can perform to, to earn love. For example, at school, if I got 9 out of 10 in a test, love was withheld. So I worked like stink until I got 10 out of 10 in a test. That's called conditional love. And... Um, and you know, so many of us, even as Christians, we're competitive. We want to be the best Christian. We want to be a better Christian. So we end up working for love instead of working from love. And I'm finally learning, because I was a bit like that. And now I'm, I'm working from love. You know, and there's a very big difference. And so addictions, emotional instability, depression. Or you can go the other way and you can say, well, I'm on my own. Stuff him, stuff him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be independent. I'm gonna make it on my. I'm gonna do it my way. Isn't that what Frank Sinatra? <laughs> I'll do it my way. And so you get rebellion, you get pride, and all that kind of thing. Or you can actually get angry with God. You can think God doesn't care. He's harsh. He's strict. He's hard to please, or he loves me because he has to, kind of thing. So these are all. Now, what I, what, I, what I thought would be good, I'm going to share with you some questions that I've had to ask myself as I've worked through these things. And, um, and some of them might, might apply to you, I don't know. But I'm just, here, here we go. I've made these up, by the way. I haven't got them out of a book or anything. But do I believe that God really loves me? Or do I believe deep down that God loves me because he has to, because he is God and he is love? But does he like me? Or do I believe that God is really pleased to see me? That he's been thinking about me? 
watching over me like, like a parent with a baby. Do you think God is watching over you like that? Is God moved with love when I turn towards him? Does his heart beat faster when I turn towards him? Do you believe that? Do you, who am I to God? Uh, do, am I a worthless sinner? Am I a failure? Do I feel I'm always letting God down? Always failing. Perhaps he's a bit sick of me. Can I accept that God is pleased with me and he loves me? If I sin, do I hide or do I go straight to God? I used to hide. <laughs> but there's no point. Do I work for love or do I work from love? These are quite challenging questions, I think. Here's some more about our relationship with other people. Can I receive praise? Can I receive praise or do I brush it off? After all, I've got the spirit of worthlessness. It can't be true. They're just making it up. What do they want? <laughs> Can I receive praise? Now, here's the other side of it. Can I praise others sincerely? Can I, or do I see their faults? Do I see their weaknesses rather than their glory? Can I see, draw out and celebrate the gold in other people or do I mainly see the dirt? Can I celebrate success? Can I rejoice in the success of another? Or am I secretly jealous? Maybe I believe that I'm not interesting, I'm not funny, that I'm boring. Do I believe that I am amazing, full of amazingness? I love that word, amazingness. It's um, not in the dictionary. Can I walk comfortably in my amazingness? You know, quite a few years ago, uh, I made a list um, two sides and on the left side I put all the things I don't like about myself and on the right hand side I put the things I like about myself and I have to tell you that the list of things that I didn't like about myself was much longer than the list of things that I did like about myself and this was, this was, was very common but I did this the other day, and I only found two things I didn't like about myself. This is huge progress over, over the years, you know. And um, so, the, so the, one of the questions then is, um, what is God really like? Now those testimonies that I read out show me that he is kind, gentle, tender, all-knowing in such a personal way that he's willing and ready and waiting to heal, that he actually loves to heal. And he's actually present now to heal. He's going he's to bring healing here in about 10 minutes. He's here right now, can hardly wait. I'm actually having to restrain him. <laughs> no, not really, but he's waiting to be, he's waiting to lunge out in love. He's waiting to lunge out in love. And can I just give you a few things that have really have really made an impact on me. Do you know, well let me answer that question first about does God really love you? I mean, does he love you because he has to kind of thing? And 
I remember um, at my workplace at Coma Brunton, we built it around the kitchen. And in the kitchen was a Barbara. And Barbara was a mature woman with a great heart and she was the center, she knew everything about everyone. And she used to tell me that I was her favorite. And then one day, I was the boss, yeah, by the way, but anyway, I used to, and, um, and one day I found out that she said that to everyone. So it, it took me a little while to get over this betrayal, you know. <laughs> but then I realised how brilliant and how she, was, she wasn't actually lying because she related to each one of us differently and uniquely and she took great pleasure in each one of us. And I think God is like that, you know. I think we're all his favourites. And, uh, and, the, and the other thing um, that I realised too is that the end game is that we are the bride of Christ. We're, we're his inheritance. He paid a very high price. But Suzanne, you're his prize. You, you're going to spend eternity with him. It's his prize. You know what I mean? And, and it's incredible when you think about it like that. Do we have value or not? <laughs> and... Um, and, I, and just a couple of other things. I was in uh, Blenheim last year and in, in, um, in, at the worship service. I, I realised suddenly, I had this revelation that I was a friend of God's. Now you might think that's rather strange, but it's one thing to know it there, but it's another thing for that go clink, 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 and you know it here. And that was deeply moving for me. You know, I was on Team Jesus. I was a partner with the Holy Spirit. I was a love machine, and I was going to release God's love and power <laughs> in partnership with the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? And, um, and this morning, I, I, I felt myself saying, God, please use me this morning, you know. And then I thought, wait a minute, friends don't use each other. What kind of a prayer is that? Holy Spirit, let's partner. Let's, let's, do some, let's, do some, let's, let's kick some demons in touch this morning. Let's heal some wounds this morning. It was a different conversation. And I remember another occasion quite recently where God said thank you. Does your God say thank you? you know, thank you that you desire in your heart to release my love over my precious people. You know, this just changes how we, or how I see God. and Because um, I see God as both lover and healer and I don't have time to to read through all these scriptures, but in the Song of Songs, let me see, this is Jesus, let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. And I've got more stuff like that in the, in the Song of Songs from the Passion Translation. So you, men and women of God, you are Christ's eternal reward. Christ, you are Christ's eternal reward. That is awesome, don't you think? I think that's awesome. I think it's really awesome. Okay, Jesus the healer. I'm just going to take a few scriptures, but there's so many of them. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to comfort and heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. I'll just do, I'll just do this one here from, oh, this is, you know, to comfort all who mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus talking, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. Now, do you notice the order there? Preach the good news. Heal the brokenhearted, and then physical healing is after that. So there's spiritual healing before physical healing. I thought that was a real insight. That I thought that was that was uh, because I think that that's my experience anyway. So there should be a um, another slide going to flash up there. I just want to say what I have found is a, in just a moment I'm going to do a mass healing and deliverance, okay? But before we do that, I just want to lay out some principles here. Because this is the, this is how I, because we've all got these wounds. And some of them, we've got things that we buried alive. So I'm going to give you an example, rather an, an embarrassing example, but if I embarrass myself, then you, might, you can feel free to embarrass yourselves as well, okay? But I remember as a young teenager, a big boy pulled my pants down in front of, in front of lots of other boys. So that's identify the wound event, the pain. It's important, by the way, to identify the pain and then tell God about the pain, a bit like David did in the Psalms. So I said, God... I felt utterly humiliated. I felt ashamed. Sorry, I felt shame. I felt, I was angry that I felt impotent, that I couldn't do anything about it. I wasn't strong enough, you know. So I pour out my pain. There's no point pretending there's no pain. Then I forgive and bless the other person. I still remember this guy. His name was Rowan. It's funny that he, he would have long forgotten it. But that was my pain, and I remember I say, Rowan, I forgive you. I forgive you, and I bless you. Rowan, may, I don't know anything, I haven't seen you for 60 years, maybe longer than that, but I just release God's goodness over you right now. May you become a mighty man of God, or something like that. I bless him. And then it's very simple. I ask Jesus to take the pain away and believe that he's done it. And then the Bible actually says he carried our pains. He carried our sorrows so that we wouldn't have to. And I ask Jesus to heal it. Jesus, please, please heal that, that wound, Lord, and please take away the pain. And then if I think there's a spirit behind it, like a spirit of rejection or some sort of spirit, very simply I just take authority over it in the name of Jesus and I cast it out. And I often cough <coughs> like that so that I'm expelling it on my breath. Because I do it in that order because 
when the pain is healed, when the wound is healed, the, the spirit no longer has any legal right to be there. When the entry point's closed, the spirit has to go. Then I ask God for the opposite emotion. For example, if I felt rejection, I'd ask for acceptance or that, that a renewed sense of sonship. Um, to fill me afresh with his love and then I revisit the wound occasion and see if the pain is still there now nine times out of ten the pain is gone but if it is still there I will repeat the process until it is all gone and I've done that with every known wound and they, but they still keep popping up I had one pop up the other day one that I buried and preferred to forget about it came up, I dealt with it and it's just it makes, me a, it makes me a clean pipe um, so I can receive more love, so that I can give out more love. You know what I'm saying? So, guys, I would like to, um, I would like to do something en masse. Um, but before I do that, before I do that, I just want to pray this here. I, Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you would cover this ministry with your precious blood. Lord, that there would be no, Lord, as we kick demons out, Lord, that there would be no transference of spirits. So that a spirit that leaves one person will not enter another person or, or our children out the bank. Lord, I just, we just release that now. We just thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, I'm going to ask you to stand, please. If you can, Diana is allowed to be ex exempted from that. And I'm going to do another version of the Father's Blessing. It'll be a bit different, but I want to focus on healing the wounds of the heart. Is that okay? And I'm going to ask you to open up your hands. You know, this only works in as much as you're ready to receive. So I'm going to ask you to receive intentionally. And I'm going to ask you to... I'm going to ask you to let me step into the shoes of your father. As a, just for this moment, as a spiritual father so that I can give you the blessing that Father God wanted to give you but you didn't have. Or if you did have it, there's no harm in having a second one. So come Holy Spirit. Just want to acknowledge Holy Spirit that without you this is a waste of time. It's your presence. It's your work. And I'm asking you now, Lord, to release to bring into each heart your love and your power. Lord, I just want to say that I'm speaking the words, but it's you that provides the love and the power behind them, that you enforce them, that you perform them. I love you, my child. You are special. You're unique. You're a gift from God to me. And I'm privileged to be your father. I love you. And I'm proud of you. I ask you to forgive me. 
for the things I've done and said that have hurt you. And I ask you to forgive me for the things that I didn't do and didn't say that have also hurt you. I ask you to forgive your mother for the things that she did and said that have hurt you. And I ask you to forgive her for the things she didn't do and didn't say that have also hurt you. I bless you with the healing of all wounds of the heart. The wound of rejection. The wound of abandonment. The wound of betrayal. The wound of abuse. And shame. And condemnation. The wound of disappointment, failure, and the pain of failure. Fear, fear of rejection. Jesus, run your ointment, Lord, over every wound. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every spirit of rejection, over every spirit of fear, fear of rejection, and every other spirit, spirit of worthlessness, the spirit of worthlessness. That's the spirit that says, God couldn't use someone like me. I'm of no value. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over that despicable spirit. In the name of Jesus. You know, there's, I believe God wants to say to some people here, it's not your fault. It's, sorry, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And where you have made an agreement with Satan about your value, I want you to break it now. And I just stand with you in that. We break every agreement with Satan's lies. We break them now. We break them now. We break them now in the name of Jesus. And I break off you every limitation that glass ceiling that's been over you, that's, that's limited, that's limited your potential in Christ, I just break it now. I smash it into pieces in the name of Jesus. And I just speak the words of Jesus, words of, his words of spirit and life. You are amazing. God has put in you seeds of greatness. And I call forth that greatness now. I call forth your amazingness 
in the name of Jesus. I call it forth now in the name of Jesus. You are amazing. You are Christ's eternal reward. I bless you with success and fruitfulness. Good fruit, abundant fruit, fruit that lasts. But I bless you with success in everything that you put your mind to, your heart to, your hand to. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. And I call forth your potential. I call forth that success. I call forth your amazingness in the name of Jesus. Come out of the background and come into the foreground in the name of Jesus. And I bless you now to receive the Father's love. You cannot earn it. God cannot love you any more than he already does. You can fast and you can pray and you can do all those things and good and all as they are, they will not cause God to love you any more than he does right now. All you can do is to receive it. So God, pour love, Lord. Lord, I bless you now with a baptism in the Father's love. Lord, let it come. Lord, let it come. Baptise, Lord, everyone in your love, Father. Let them know it, Lord, by personal experience. Lord, give them a revelation deep in their hearts about how much you accept them and love them. Lord, it only comes by revelation. Just let it come, Lord. Let it come, Lord. Let it come, Lord. Lord, let it come and let it overflow, Lord. Lord, let it overflow. Let it overflow, Lord. Lord, that each person here would be a source of comfort and healing to many others. You are blessed, my child, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen.